This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads on our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk. If you'd like to join us in person, our talks take place at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. We want to consider the character of God from the Bible and see what we can learn as we look into his character. Many people and religions believe that God is a God of love and that there are many ways to salvation. So we want to look at the Bible, the Word of God, and find out how clear it is on this subject. So as our title suggests, we want to look first at the mercy of God and then at a group of passages about the truth or justice of God and then to see what we can learn from these things and how it should encourage us to behave. So please return first to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34 is a time when Moses has appealed for God to show him his glory. And we want to read from verse 5 and 6 how God showed his glory to Moses. Exodus 34 and verse 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him with Moses there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. So God's character then is the, is the glory that was de- declared or shown to Moses in verse 6. And this idea that God is merciful and gracious shows us the kindness and the forgiveness of God. And he is abundant in goodness and truth. Abundant. Not a word we use very much now, but it kind of means overflowing. He has lots and lots of goodness and truth. And we, of course, wish to receive this from God, to have him treat us in these ways. So we really want to look then into this side of the mercy of God. Please can we turn forward to the first epistle of John in chapter 4. Right at the end of our Bibles. One John chapter four and verse nine. One John four verse nine. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation or the covering for our sins. So we see how John describes how amazing is the love or mercy of God that he allowed his son Jesus to be the sacrifice that could save us from our sins. Please return back to the Psalms, Psalm 103. There are many verses we could take from this psalm about the mercy of God, but we're going to, for now... Settle with Psalm 103 and verse 10. We'll be coming back here, so maybe put a marker in here to, so it's easy to find later on. Psalm 103, verse 10. He, God, has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. 
For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So it shows us then the full extent of God's mercy and forgiveness. And verse 10 gives us the idea that we're not dealt with straight away for our sins. God is long-suffering toward us. And both verse 11 and verse 12 describe those massive distances. As far as the east is from the west, an unmeasurable distance, and then as far as the sun or the heavens, as far as the heavens are above the earth, again, an enormous distance. That's how far away our sins at the times when we disobey God um, how far away these are taken from us and shows the, the size and the power of God's forgiveness it's, it's complete forgiveness can we turn on to the prophecy of Micah please Micah and chapter 7 this is our hardest one to find this afternoon But again, this idea of the mercy of God, as God describes to, to Micah here. Micah chapter 7, verse 18. Micah 7, verse 18. Who is a God like unto thee, that pardons iniquity, and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retains not his anger forever, because he delights in mercy. He will turn again, he will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Thou wilt perform the truth to Jacob, and the mercy to Abraham, which thou hast sworn unto our fathers from the days of old. So verse 18 tells us then that God pardons iniquity. He pardons the times when we disobey him. And we need to remember this for later. These things do anger God. As described verse 18, that God is angry when we sin. But also that God delights in mercy. He's happy to forgive. And verse 19, our sins, our time when we disobey God, they can be buried in the depths of the sea. They are gone forever. God's forgiveness is complete. So please can we turn on to the second letter of Peter. Again at the end of our Bibles, 2 Peter and chapter 3. To see what Peter shows us about the mercy of and the forgiveness of God. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. 2 Peter 3 verse 9. The Lord is not slack, or he doesn't easily give up on concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So it shows us more about the mercy of God. He is long-suffering. He is patient with us, even when we frustrate and anger him. And we can see that from that verse 9 that God is not willing that any should perish. He wishes to save us from death. But we can see also at the end of that verse, he would rather we come to repentance. And this is a clue for us that although God wants to save us, this won't be done regardless of what we do. We need to repent or change direction in our life to receive God's help so we want to move on to our biggest section then to consider God's character of truth or justice and how this does qualify God's mercy that we've just looked at and who God shows that mercy to 
So please can we turn first to the Gospel of John in chapter 3. Perhaps the most well-known verse in the Bible. And see the words of the Lord Jesus here about the mercy of God. About how it's qualified, how it's not on offer to everyone. It's on offer to people who behave in a certain way. John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So as in 1 John verse 1 John chapter 4 we are shown again about how God allowed his dear son to be to die as a sacrifice that can bring salvation. But we can see that those who are saved have to believe in Jesus and the power of his sacrifice. So please can we turn back to Exodus 34 again Exodus chapter 34 remember verse 5 and 6 are very good about the goodness and the mercy of God but we're going to see a little bit of his justice in verse 7 so Exodus 34 and verse 7 Exodus 34 verse 7 that God keeps mercy for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin and that will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children to the third and to the fourth generation so again we, we are shown the forgiveness of God again but see how he will by no means clear the guilty we have to change our ways or repent as we saw in 2 Peter chapter 3, so that we can receive forgiveness. Please can we come to the Gospel of Mark, Mark in chapter 16. So more words of the Lord Jesus. These are words that he spoke to his disciples just after his resurrection and before he was received up into heaven. So it's the mission he's given them to do once, once he's been taken away from them. So Mark chapter 16 verse 15 Mark 16 verse 15 and he Jesus said unto them unto the disciples go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he that believes and is baptized shall be saved but he that believes not shall be damned or condemned so we are shown then the two ways that we can be treated if we believe and are baptized we can be saved as we saw in, in John chapter 3 verse 16 but if we don't believe, we'll be condemned. There is no hope at all if we behave like that. So we have to understand this about the truth or righteousness of God, that it cannot be bypassed by us in any way. If we want to please God, we have to do it in the way that God asks us to. So please can we now come back to Psalm 103. I didn't keep my finger there, which was a schoolboy error. <clears throat> Psalm 103, so we saw the great extent of God's mercy in, in verse 11 and 12, but we want to read verse 17 and 18, so again how God limits this. So Psalm 103 verse 17, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them 
So as I said, we saw before about how unlimited God's mercy is. But here this is qualified. It shows who will be able to receive God's mercy. So verse 17, it's to those who fear him, to those that honour and revere him and respect him and his great and wonderful powers. And verse 18, to those that keep his covenant and that remember his commands to do them. So we have to try to obey God then if we wish to receive this wonderful mercy. Can we turn back in the Psalms to Psalm number 37? And this, there's few verses we're going to take from this psalm show both the mercy and then the, the judgment or the, the righteousness of God as well, the truth of God. Psalm 37 and verse 9. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. So we can see then how God deals with people according to how they behave. Verse 9 says that evildoers will be cut off. They will come to an end. And verse 10, the wicked will not be. They will not continue. But verse 9, if we wait on the Lord and trust his word, we can inherit the earth. And verse 11, if we are meek and not full of pride in ourselves, again we can inherit the earth. And We'll see more about this hope in our third section. So can we please turn back forward even to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew and chapter 6. Again, words of the Lord Jesus. So this is just after Jesus has, has given his disciples the Lord's Prayer as, as a, a kind of prayer that is useful for, for them and for us. And then he's talking about the forgiveness of God in verse 14 and 15. So we want to have a look at this. Matthew 6 verse 14. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So we've seen several passages about the mercy and the forgiveness of God, but we see Jesus shows us clearly about how we have to behave to others if we would like to be forgiven ourselves by the Lord God. We have to show them the same kind of forgiveness that we are looking for from the Lord God. We turn on to the next chapter, Matthew chapter 7. And verse 21, Matthew 7 verse 21, Jesus speaking again. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall, inherit, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. So Jesus is very clear for us here, isn't he? It's not just about what we say, it's about what we do. And we have to aim to do the will of God if we hope to enter his kingdom. Can we turn forward again, please, to the first letter of Peter and chapter 1 this time? One Peter chapter 1, verse 14.
as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons, judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. So we can take a few points from these verses. Firstly, verse 14, Peter shows us again the importance of us being obedient. We need to be obedient children to our Father in heaven. Secondly, in verse 15, we are called upon to be holy. In other words, to separate ourselves from things that will get in the way of us following God. Thirdly, verse 17 tells us that God has no respect of persons. He treats people fairly on how they behave and he has no preferences. He's not biased like we often can be. And then verse 17, Peter says we have to pass the time of our sojourning. It's not really a word we use anymore, is it? But the idea of while we're staying for, in a certain place for quite a long time. So this tells us that our following of God will be tested over a period of time. We won't be judged immediately, but we do have to try to be consistent. And again, we need to have fear or respect for God, as we saw in that psalm earlier. So we want to move on to our third section then to consider what we should learn from these things about God and his character and how that should make us behave. So please can we turn to the passage we took for our reading, the Gospel of Luke chapter 14. And this parable that Jesus spoke in this chapter about the, the supper and the important man invites all his guests to a supper some of them had been told in advance so they knew what day it was they knew exactly when it was and we're going to just go over it again to remind ourselves of what happened in the parable so Luke 14 verse 16 then said Jesus unto him a certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden come for all things are now ready and they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, and the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. So Jesus gives us this parable of the wedding banquet and it describes God offering people a place in his kingdom. And we see that those in verses 18 to 20 who make their excuses, they're definitely no longer welcome at the end at the wedding. That verse 24 is very clear, isn't it? When the, ma the master says, there's no way any of those first people who are invited are coming into my supper. 
But Jesus shows to us that God will welcome those who hear his invitation and decide to come along. God will welcome those who really choose to hear him and obey him in their lives. Please can we turn on to Paul's letter to the Romans, Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11 and verse 22 and 23. Paul says, verse 22, Behold therefore the goodness and severity of God, on them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. So Paul shows us this idea of the goodness and severity of God. God is very good to those who really choose to try to follow him and obey him. But he's very tough with those who turn away from him. But we see how in both those verses Paul shows that our actions can move us from one case to the other. It's possible that we can improve from a bad position as described in verse 23 and that we can fall back from a good position in verse 22. So as verse 22 says, we have to aim to continue in God's goodness. Please can we turn back to the Psalms, Psalm 89 this time. Psalm 89 and verse 13. not a psalm of david this time or maybe one that he wrote and somebody else put the music to verse 13 thou hast a mighty arm strong is thy hand and high is thy right hand justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne mercy and truth shall go before thy face blessed is the people that know the joyful sound they shall walk o lord in the light of thy countenance in thy name shall they rejoice all the day and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted For thou art the glory of their strength, and in thy favour our horn shall be exalted. For the Lord is our defence, and the Holy One of Israel is our King. So we can take real encouragement from these verses, especially verse 13, 17 and 18, that if we are on God's side and serving him, then no harm can come to our hope. He is so strong, he's in control of events on the earth, and he can keep our hope safe and secure can we please turn on to the letter to the romans again romans chapter 12 this time romans chapter 12 and verse 1 Romans 12 verse 1 so Paul says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God 
So Paul is outlining then what our duties now should be. But see how he says in verse 1 there, by the mercies of God. And he's saying that because we understand how great God's mercies are, we should serve God and, and try to become a living sacrifice, as he says there in verse 1. It calls for full obedient service now to put our personal choices aside and choose to follow God. And we have this idea of being transformed, changing our, our shape, and not conform, not moulded by the things around us. So Paul is showing us that we must not, we must not be shaped by the world, but we should in, instead try to grow and change into God's servants. And we have to be very deliberate about it. It's not just a natural thing for us. It, won't, it also won't just happen in five minutes. We have to work on it throughout our lives. Please can we turn to the Gospel of Matthew again. Matthew chapter 24. To see words of the Lord Jesus here. About the time when he will return to the earth and set up God's kingdom. And what he will be looking for from his servants when, when he returns. So Matthew 24 and verse 48. Matthew 24 verse 48. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delays his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him. And in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this chapter then describes the events that will happen when Jesus returns to the earth. And we've looked at the bad example first. This is what will happen to us if we are casual and careless in following Jesus and trying to obey God. The result is a hopeless and demoralising case. So let's look at the good example, verse 44. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man comes. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord has made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods." So this is a much more positive picture for us. It shows us how we should behave now and all through our lives if we want to share in God's kingdom when Jesus returns. God will richly reward those who really try to hear his word and obey him in their lives. They will indeed be welcomed into the marriage feast that we saw in, the, in that parable. Please can we turn back to the Psalms, Psalm number 23. <clears throat> Psalm 23 and verse 6. So these are the words of David. Psalm 23 verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So these are lovely words from David, aren't they? The end result of following God, to the best of our ability through our lives, is a place in the kingdom. And if we get to sharing that, we'll receive permanent, endless mercy. 
So please return for our last passage to the prophecy of Isaiah, Isaiah and chapter 40. A picture of what life in the kingdom will be like if we have indeed strived to follow the Lord God as best we can in our lives, to hear his word and to try to be changed by it from our own natural characters. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. So verse 28 encourages us that we should remember the great power of God. And that he is able to do all things. Verse 30 describes normal life that we see around us now. When even the youths and the young men grow tired. But we get this idea this nice idea about life in the kingdom that these bodies then that will not grow tired to have boundless energy and great joy to rejoice in the mercy of god but we can see from verse 31 that this reward is for those who wait on the lord we have to be among that group to receive these wonderful blessings so i urge you to to look into these things for yourself and consider god's word and whether you would like to receive this wonderful mercy And then to show that desire by how you live your life as we wait for Jesus to return, as in Matthew chapter 24, and reward us all according to how we have behaved. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk.